This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What is going on, everybody? And welcome on in to another rousing edition of the OBR Monday Rewind. I'm your host, Michael Keefe. Find me online at Garage Beers, Mike. And uh, what kind of show is it going to be here tonight on the OBR Monday Rewind? It's going to be one of these kind of shows. Better get that. Yep, just like Fred. Get that thing ready. And just like Cody, because you're going to need the drinks. You're going to need the drinks for what we got to talk about on the Monday Rewind. And we'll get into all that. But we're also going to have a good time. Hey, listen, again, before we get into the show, the OBR, make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you are following uh, whether it's the website and you get all the best behind the scenes stuff on the website, whether it's Rumor Central, the buzz, ask the insiders, all that stuff. Uh, and make sure you are also subscribed right here, whether you are watching us on Twitch or YouTube or wherever you are catching us on the OBR streaming network, hit the subscribe button, make sure you are following and make sure you're subscribed to all the socials as well at the OBR. I am joined as I have been the last couple of weeks by two of my buddies. First, he's the legend. You can find him online at Fred Greetham. It's Fred Gre- oh, Sorry, at Fred Greetham 9. It's Fred Greetham. Fred, welcome back to the Monday Rewind. Hey, glad to be here, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's always good to be here. Yeah, we're, we're going to have a little bit of fun, and we can't have fun if, unless we bring in our other uh, our other guest here tonight. Uh, find him online at Cody Sook. It's the one and only Cody Sook. Cody, what's going on, man? Neither, man. You know, I'm really glad that you say my last name correctly. Uh, not a lot of people do. You know, it's it's book with an S, I always say, but you've nailed it every single time. It only makes me like you more if I didn't know that was possible, but I do. So here we are. You know what? Cheers to that. And that's been the Monday Rewind. We'll catch you on I always later. thought it was suck. Suck. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a story about that if we want to go into it. Indulge. My name was originally spelled S-U-C-K, my last name. So my dad changed it when I was eight, nine, ten years old. But when we go to family reunions, it's S-U-C-K slash S-U-E-K. My part of the family is the only one that spells it S-U-E-K. On my birth certificate, it's been amended to cross out S-U-C-K to say S-U-E-K. So uh, imagine being a third <laughs> grader with the last name Suck. You know, it was it was, it was quite enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> I have to tell a quick story, too. I yes, played in college good. on a traveling. We went to Mexico and Latin America. And there was a, a our catcher on our team was from Texas, uh, University of Texas. And on the back of his shirt was B-L-O-W-S. And he said, I gave him introduction. He goes, I'm David Blaze. Oh, and no, you're not. No, you're like not. B-L- B-L-A-Z-E is how he pronounced it the whole time. And I'm like, okay, we're going you know, with that. But we could get away. You could get away with blouse, like you know, blouse. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Blouse, yeah. Blaze, you're lying to yourself, buddy. You're lying that's to yourself. Said. Yeah, that's what. That's how he wanted to be called. And I was like, okay, we'll go with that. This is much more enjoyable than the topic we're actually going to talk about, uh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, Cody Suck and Fred Greenham joining us here tonight. Uh, and listen. <laughs> 
Also, get in the comments uh, before we get into our topics of the night. And again, we're going to do some quick hit hot hot uh, hot button topics from the Browns. We're going to get some discussions going on here, but get into the comments. We got 10 minutes dedicated in the middle of this show to you guys in the comments. If you're watching us live here tonight, whether it's on YouTube or Twitch, we got 10 minutes in the middle of the show dedicated to questions, comments, just things you want to talk about. So jump in the comments. Let's get this thing lively. I know we're all feeling pretty crappy. I know we're all feeling pretty down in the dumps, especially us Browns fans. I know we are not real excited about this and the way this season has started. But we're going to have a little bit of fun tonight. We're going to see if we can't dissect it a little bit, talk about it a little bit, get through our feelings together. This is a Browns therapy session, no doubt, and no doubt it's needed. And I think by the end of this, I'm probably going to have to go grab another beer, but I think I'm going to be feeling better. I think I'm going to be feeling better. So jump in the comments, join us, uh, and and we will we will figure it out from there. Uh, so let's start. Topic number one. And the first topic is just a recap uh, in an embarrassing game. Almost, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Which game was more embarrassing, Jets or Falcons? To me, it was the Jets for sure, though, because you... I mean, the way you lose 13-point lead in a minute, 32 seconds. See, I'm almost I'm almost going to disagree. And, Cody, I think you agreed there. But I'm almost going to disagree in that you dominated the Jets that whole game, and then you just, like, brain-farted the thing away. And, yeah, that's embarrassing. But it was like, like, I chalked that up to a game that you you had that one. That should have been a win, win column all the way. They sucked in this game. Like, they they shouldn't have won this game. You could say they should have. They dominated time of possession. They did all that, but I don't know. I don't. I. I don't feel like, like I feel bummed that you didn't look like the better team out of you and the Marcus Mariota Atlanta Falcons. That's what I feel. I feel more bummed about this game than I did the Jets game. Cody, uh, I felt much much worse after the Jets game than I did this game. Oh, um, I think a fair share of us had relatively low expectations going into yesterday. If we looked at like our game predictions article, I think at least half of us uh, picked the Falcons to win that game. And for me, it was setting myself in line because Garrett's out. Clowney's out. You got Jacoby who's playing out of his mind, comes back to earth a little bit yesterday. And it's, it gets into this overreaction Monday where when you win on a Sunday, it's, it's sunshine, it's rainbows, it's butterflies and unicorns. Everybody's happy. Praise everybody. Yes. But when you lose, it's well tear down a damn stadium and turn it into a parking lot type stuff is what we're talking about today. Let's go. So fancy gives up play calling duties, fire everybody. That's what we're at <laughs> on today. And it's, it's, it's every reaction of both sides of the spectrum. We need to be somewhere in the middle on most games, but I definitely felt much worse after the jets than I did after the Falcons game yesterday. I do want to point out in the comments, this is my buddy, the co-host of the garage beers podcast, Chad Meyer, who said, uh, Stefanski giving up play calling duties. When he makes a mistake, he should quit calling plays. Perfect or nothing is what I always say. <laughs> that is not a serious And comment. he's been damn near perfect outside of yesterday. So he's got some leeway. Yeah, I see, I kind of agreed in the comments with McSawman here. The Jets was like a one in 1,000 thing. It was a fluke. It was, it, it just was a couple things at the end of that game. And recovering, uh, everything that happened in that Jets game was one in a 1,000. This felt demoralizing to me. And I know you were without... You're without Miles Garrett and Jadevian Clowney, but you're also talking about you're talking about a Falcons team, in my opinion, that's a little bit more overhyped than what they are. Drake London, I think, is going to be a good player, but he's still like a, it's his fourth game in the league. Uh, Kyle Pitts is a guy they're putting up there. People talk about Kyle Pitts like he's Travis Kelsey. He's not. 
And he hasn't been yet. I know he had a thousand yards last year, but that's like 60 yards a game, right? Like he, he didn't like light the world on fire last year uh, by any stretch. And he hasn't been this year. There's a lot of people talking about the Falcons. Like they're this big explosive team. This Browns team is supposed to be better, even without some of the key players. Am I missing something? I feel demoralized by this win. Well, they played down to the level of the competition. What I, If you would have told me, arguably, their four best players on offense, which was flying high, your quarterback, Marcus Mariota, in this system would be held to seven completions and a 41 rating. And your third leading rusher in the NFL, Cardell or Patterson, would have 38 yards, no catches. Your top tight end would have one catch. And your your top 10 draft choice, Drake London, would have two catches for 17 yards, say mission accomplished. And yet you let a hungry practice squad guy run right down your throat. And I asked Stefanski this today. I said, you know, they did what you guys want to do. What you, you have the best running attack in the league. And yet they come in and, and just impose their will on you. You know, was it the scheme? Was it the personnel? And that's to me, what was the most demoralizing, even if you're down some players, I mean, come on 10 straight times. We're running right down your throat every play yeah. until you get a touchdown. And it's a guy I never heard of before. Comes off a practice team yesterday. Yeah, they literally ran 10 straight running plays. And it was like... They were all good, too. They were all very successful running plays. Kiefer Sutherland, you could have got six yards on some of those holes. Okay, now you watch your mouth. <laughs> Four max. Four max. Four max. <laughs> serious, but the problem is we don't have Clowney or Garrett, okay? That outside is wide open. Yeah. Because you have two rookies in there, or slash practice squad guys, whoever it is, filling that defensive line. And it was just an abomination. And but it wasn't that bad until that fourth quarter, third, fourth quarter when things really got rolling for them. I think the Browns defense forced three, three straight, three and outs, if I remember correctly. Passing game couldn't do a damn thing. Like they had 131 passing yards or something. Yeah. Marion was terrible. And the big chunk of that came on the one play mm-hmm. where uh they're pinned inside their own 10. Broken coverage, yeah. as always. Shocking. Huge completion. Face mask on Denzel Ward. Okay, yeah. All of a sudden, they're 57 yards down the field. So they have nobody yeah, to blame. a 5'8 guy named Zacchaeus, you know? Yeah, exactly. have a Bible story. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, you know? And this yeah. guy was 5'8". <laughs> And he's, yeah, running <laughs> wide open. Well, you it, it know, was, and that was yeah. what was demoralizing there was the way it went about. Like you were just talking about the defense. I was writing my story. The unheralded young Browns defenders held them to 10 points oh, through fault. three quarters. And one of them was a gift. Najoku fumbled the ball on like yep. in their territory, short field. And and then they just imploded, you know? So it was, you know, well, it, was, it was, I can see very demoralizing again, you know, it's again, a what a shoulda, coulda, you know, game where you just didn't make a play or two when you needed, you look at the stats, you would have thought the Browns won easy. So I think what I think we're about gonna, it too is, Oh, sorry. Is, we're going to take it to the next topic real quick. Cause we do have, yep. I know you guys, we can't, when we're watching this, we can't see the timer but the timer has gone off. Uh, let's take it to the next topic. There will be plenty more to talk about with the Atlanta game, but I do want to step away from the Atlanta game and talk about the Browns in general right now, because here we are coming into the season, feeling like we are gift wrapped four games at the start of this year. And to be honest with you, we are. To be honest with you, we are gift wrapped. We are 
the, the Panthers, not good. Baker Mayfield's been awful this year. The Jets have been okay, but not good. They haven't been good. Uh, the, the, um, the Steelers, trash so far this year. Love to see it, but that's what's going on. And now you've got this Atlanta Falcons team. This is not a great Atlanta Falcons team. You were gift wrapped these four games and none of them were a surprise. And we were all talking, you got to get three, minimum three and one, minimum three and one. You let that Jets game just slip through your fingers. And to be honest with you, I feel like you did the same thing here. You had this thing, Fred, you talked about it. This defense kind of buttoned up. And then all of a sudden Atlanta went to the run game. And again, (laughs) to be fair, Atlanta was a top 10 running team coming into the season. But Atlanta goes into that run game in that fourth quarter and just dominates. They just absolutely dominated the Browns. And so the Browns come out of that first four, two and two. So talk about just real quick, moving forward, compared to what you thought at the beginning of the year, Cody, start with you compared to what you thought at the beginning of the year. How do you feel after you've seen the first four games? Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com right it's like you said i think we we all thought they had to be at three and one like that was the goal three and one if you get to four no incredible that's extremely difficult to play no matter what four teams you're playing three and one was the goal but you're sitting at two at two but i i don't feel that much different about the team at this point because i know how things put it this way things had to go terribly wrong in those two games for them to lose both games the Jets had to be set up perfectly to lose on themselves the Falcons game set up perfectly for them to lose by themselves you're inside the five three times you get 10 points okay Jim and fumbles in unknown territory that's all on you some on the Falcons making plays as well but but I don't feel much difference the offense is operating the top 10 across the league uh the defense secondary's gotten a little bit better the past couple weeks uh some injuries hurt you there, but I don't yep. feel much different. If they were three and one this morning, how they should be, I would feel yep. very happy, but I don't feel much different right now than I did coming into the season. Fred? Well, I have a story on the front page of the OBR.com right now. A disappointing Browns miss out on a golden opportunity. We talked about, I don't think anybody expected them to be 4 0 because the NFL had always. It just never works out that way. But I would have put the two ones they uh, lost as being the two they would have won for sure. I kind of thought they would have lost to Carolina or the Steelers just because it's the Steelers or the Baker Mayfield effect. And they end up two and two. The good news is, is the rest of the, this seven game gauntlet coming up. It's not as daunting as you would think, you know, because it's just the way it always goes. You know, the, the Chargers are banged up. The Patriots are banged up. And 
like you said, the Browns play pretty well and they've beat themselves. So I have to think, you know, if they can just go three and four in the next seven games and be five and six, you know, heading into the stretch run, I, I like their chances. It'd be better if they could go four and three and be six and five. Yeah. But, you know, I feel anything's possible. I'd break it down in these four games even. If in these four they could go two and two, yeah. I'd be happy. Go it's four amazing. and four at the bye and then ramp it up. It's amazing how you would feel, though. When you look at these next four games, it's amazing how different you'd feel if you went four and four, or I'm sorry, two and two against these next two teams. You go four and four, because I think a lot of people are saying six and five, five and six. Okay, now we're starting to kind of feel like this is a team that now you're going to get that quarterback that, play, that gets placed in there and things could take off. So, yeah, I you know, I, Fred, I appreciate it because, again, this is – uh, we are doing a little bit of of uh, uh, therapy here, and you need to hear that a little bit. We and said if, it. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Cody. If you, if you, <laughs> just like Fred was saying, that the the, the, the NFL teams themselves break it down into many seasons. It's not seventeen games. We typically break it down in these little sections, four yep. games at a time. If you can steal two here, not necessarily steal. I think the Browns are better than the Patriots. Uh, current status, they're they're better than the Patriots. If you can steal one from the Chargers or steal one from the Bengals or the Ravens, yeah, four and four through eight, I mean, you're sitting pretty, pretty darn good with with with, especially with what, what's going on in this division, with, with what's going on in the division, what, what's yeah. going on across the NFL with the incredible parity right now. Yeah. There's only three teams in the AFC with a winning record right now, above 500. Only three teams. Yeah. So you're sitting right there. If you can be at four and four, just like Fred says, you're in really good shape. Yeah. So. So let's scoot on to the next topic. Uh, and and we brought this up before. Let's bring it back to this Atlanta game. I do want to say, if you're in the comments, 725, from 725 to 735 is comments time. So get your stuff ready and then post it like at 720, 725. And if you have questions, if you got things we want you want us to talk about, all that stuff, get ready for 725 because uh, we'll bring your comments in. But let's, let's go back to the game. Because one worst case scenario for this season was realized as the Cleveland Browns were without, and you brought this up before, Cody, without Jadevian Clowney and Miles Garrett for this game. And man, that lack of depth up front, especially as the game wore on. And especially as you had to really test that depth because they had to play the whole game. As that went on, things got really ugly. I, Cody, talk for a minute about what those guys mean to the run game. Because we talk about, first of all, Jadevian Clowney was unfairly talked about at the draft as going to be one of the like all-time great sack guys. And he wasn't. And he, and he never was in college, and he wasn't going to be in the pros. But he's exceptional against the run. And you've got Miles Garrett, who is kind of learning that. And, and him not setting the edge on the other side, man, that just created a lot of havoc for the run game for Atlanta. Yeah, without those guys there, the outside run game was just wide open. I mean, literally wide open. You have two inexperienced guys in there, Alex Wright, uh, you know, talking about a third-run pick, who the, I think we all have relatively <laughs> high hopes for not ready to be necessarily a starter right now, not a starter to the level of Clowney or Garrett by any means. Right. You know, the, over these last three ga- last two games, he's had a 48.8 and a 38.9 grade in a starting role. So it's not what you want to see from him. And then opposite him, uh, you have the guys like Rochelle and all these guys that are just borderline roster type players that you're forcing into a starting role because one, the guy was driving too fast, made some mistakes, and then you have an injury with Clowney. 
but it just decimates you from pass rush. It decimates you in run defense. It makes puts more pressure on your offense, puts more pressure on the secondary. So it's there's just a snowball trickling effect when you have one of the best players in the league out and a top 15, top 20 edge rusher on the opposite side out as well. Fred, it didn't happen yesterday, but there, are there any guys you're watching? Because we don't know when Miles is going to be back. It might be next week. It might not. We don't know when we're going to see Genevieve and Clowney again, unless they've announced that. I don't know if they've announced that yet. But in, in the action that you saw. No, there's as, no as, update. And as all those guys were getting beat up on that line, especially in the fourth quarter, was, any, was there anything that gave you any hope? Were there any players you were watching going, okay, that guy's doing all right. You know, now if they can build on that, or is it just so apparent that this defensive line is in shambles right now? Well, I, I was encouraged to see Elliott make a play, and I think he had two in a row. He had the sack on the second play, but he was just missed on the play before. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I was going to ask you, Sam Kamara, does that mean anything to you? Because it looks like the Browns are signing him. He's. I did a quick look. Um, Stony Brook played in six, eight games with the Bears. Um, he looks like a defensive tackle to me. 6'2", 275, 24 years old. So they, they're adding him to the practice squad. So I don't know. I would assume he must be a run-stopping type guy. Um, thinking Brian's going to be out a while, maybe, but no, as far as defensive end, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the things I feared all along. Jadavian Clowney is just a guy you can't count on. I almost put him in the Denzel Ward category, you know, like availability is one of the biggest abilities. And I mean, Miles Garrett made it sound like after that Jets game, he said, hopefully, I think that, I think, Jadavian will play Thursday. Well, that was on, you know, obviously right. they held him out. Well, then he put didn't play yesterday. It's like I've seen the guy walking around for two weeks in the locker room with tennis shoes on. You know, I'm like, what is wrong with these guys? You know, we we get out there on Thanksgiving Day with pulled hamstrings and play. And these guys are like, oh, oh, I got a hangnail. I can't play, you know. Jeez. I would. I really thought who made the trip that they'd say, you know, you need somebody in there. Get out and play. Strap it up. You know, you're getting eight million dollars not to sit on the in the trainer's room. So, with that being oh, said, you know, they've they've got themselves in this position because. You know what, Fred? We're gonna we're gonna mute you for just a minute. We're gonna let your internet. We're gonna get let your internet get squared away, Fred, because it has gone down the tubes quickly. So we'll let it we'll let it catch back up, and then we'll bring you back in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Cody, we talked about, it was like the hot button topic, uh, conversation of the off season. It was wide receiver and defensive tackle, wide receiver, D tackle, wide receiver, D tackle. And that's all we talked about. They didn't really address D tackle. I mean, D tackle did not get any real attention. You got Perry on Winfrey in the draft, which as we all warned everybody, I know we gave a great post draft interview, but he got, he went where he went in the draft for a reason. And he's not been impressive to this point. You got guys like Tommy Togia that have not been impressive to this point. Just is it like a draft issue? We I've seen that comment come up. Are is there an issue drafting these guys, or is it just these guys either are slow to develop or they're not there yet? Uh, I think part of it is where these guys are selected. You're talking about third, fourth, fifth, sixth round picks, guys that you shouldn't expect to step in and make a huge difference across the defensive line. But some of these guys should be able to stand it, step in and at least be capable 
And we haven't seen much in the in the in the, the Togi era or the Elliott era, era outside of yesterday that proves that they're even capable players across the interior. I think the idea right now is that having Garrett and having Clowney takes a little bit of pressure off of them, but just that room is 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 a, it's the worst across the league. That's one of the worst position groups on any team across the league is the Browns interior, the defensive line. And it turns out wide receiver hasn't really mattered. Cooper's been great. He was shut down by AJ Terrell yesterday. DPJ has been good. Uh, Bell got a couple catches yesterday, but the, 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 the D tackle room is exactly what we thought it was going to be, if not worse. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next topic. And the next topic is it goes hand in hand with this, but like, again, the Atlanta Falcons came in with a top 10 rushing offense. Cordero Patterson has been a revelation at being totally misused in Minnesota and Atlanta has figured out how to use Cordero Patterson. But outside of that early touchdown in the game yesterday, Cordero Patterson didn't play a lot of the game uh, and he was out most of the game. Instead, you got a backup quarterback, a rookie with no, no real experience in, in Algier. And then they bring in this practice squad, dude. That just runs wild all over the Browns. Here's what I want to know, Fred. Here's what I want to know as a, as a coach. What can you do to like? Should a timeout been called at some point there? Should what could a coach have done? Because the Atlanta Falcons had just dedicated themselves during that run, maybe five or six run in runs in when they are just running and successfully running every single play. At some point, does a timeout help? What can you do as a coach? to stop that from happening because they just, it was a dominant performance by the Falcons on the, on the ground. Yeah. That's what you do in basketball immediately. You can, you know, when the timeouts are coming, but Stefanski was asked that today. He says, no, they're too valuable. Like, Ooh. you know, as far as he didn't think of calling one then, you know, Oh, we're just going to let the train run away, you know, but um, yeah, I agree. You know, it's like, I don't know what else you can do. You know, if you don't have any bodies, but you got to try something, you got to be aggressive or something because it was, they were on their heels and it was just, you know, we're coming right down your throat, eight, 10, 12 yards a, a carry. So it seemed like a momentum shift, you know, would have been. And when you got the ball at back, do the same thing to them. You got, I think, a little better running backs than they do. And you're supposed to have a much better offensive line. Than the Falcons do. Well, and the Browns were able to run the ball okay, but but like Cody, it's it, the thing that surprised me a little bit about the defensive line, and we're back on the defensive line a little bit. But you know, the Falcons running backs just had their way, especially in that fourth quarter. The defensive line, one thing they did do, or they got they got decent pressure on Marcus Mariota yesterday. If you look at the if the dropback numbers, I want to say Marcus Mariota was pressured like quote unquote per the stats. Uh, on all but one drop back yesterday. So it, it it felt like they were getting there. They just weren't getting home until I think it was Jordan Elliott that did. But they were figuring out a way to get some pressure on Mariota, which I thought was fairly impressive. But man, w was it just over pursuit in the run game? Or was it, I mean, I saw some linebackers getting blocked 10 yards down the field, like not able to shed blocks. Just Was it, was it an effort problem? I don't think it was effort. I, I think it was more just more ability in following your scheme type of thing. We've seen some clips of some of these linebackers that are just lost in run defense. And I, it, I don't know if they've been coaching incorrectly, but the thing that this specific player did is not coach any level of football with what he was doing in, in, in a run fit on defense. Uh, 
check out Jake Burns' Twitter if you, if, if you want to know what I'm talking about for this specific player. But uh, it's it was it was defensive line and the linebackers. I mean, JOK does his thing. I don't, he didn't grade too well yesterday, but I think he had a pretty solid day over way over. Overall. Well, what he was playing, what he was playing around. Yeah, it, I mean, he's exactly. trying to do so. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. exactly. So I, I'm worried that we've had hopes for Phillips for a while now, and it's just not there's hasn't performed as we thought he was going to to this point. Uh, I think losing Walker might be a little more of a hit than we thought it was going to be. Uh, we'll see as time goes on. Phillips is still relatively inexperienced comparatively to, to Walker. So we'll see how that develops. But, uh, yeah, it was just abysmal across the board. Well, guys, here's the other thing. that We hear so much about how the linebacker position isn't as valued as it once was, right? We hear so much about that, about how defensive backs and, and, and edge rushers are the premier. But, like, is there not something to be said about trying to go out and find that stud middle linebacker? Like, is that an invaluable position at this point? I know there aren't many of them, but it feels like it's just because they're groomed to not be that way. But – is there something to be said about a guy that can be that stud run stuffing pass rushing middle linebacker that we've seen so many times and be so valuable in the NFL? It feels very weird to me that everybody talks about that. Like it's just in, in it's not a valuable position anymore. Well, yeah. I mean, you got a bunch of guys in the hall of fame that that's what they did. You know, obviously Dick Butkus and Mike Singletary, and it, this is so much copycat that they all kind of go to the same things all the time. And, you know, I, I think it's, those are the guys making the plays and I think there's a place for them. And you can talk all you want about athletic speedy linebackers, but if they can't get the guy on the ground or make a play, then what good does that do you, you know? So yeah, I, I just think they've, you know, I think they were trying to move away from Walker. I mean, when you let him go in free agency and then you bring him back on a one year, basically minimum or a little above minimum deal, that just means that, you know, it didn't seem like he was that much of a priority, but then he turned out to be a bigger, you know, asset right. than what they might've let on. And now they're in a different position. So I agree. I think there's a place for a run stop and middle linebacker, you know, you know, like yesterday would have been a, kind of a, a good idea. I'd have been off. That was it. the place. That was the place for him. <laughs> All right, let's get into our next segment. It's our Q and a segment again, seven twenty. Well, we're running a little over. We always do here on the Monday rewind because we have so much fun talking, but now it's time for Q and a, I'm going to start with an easy one and I'll send this to you, Fred. Uh, I, I, We've got a question from Larry Bedouin. Bedouin? Bedouin? I don't know. I want to say that like you're a Star Wars character, Larry. I, I, sorry, Padawan? Larry Padawan. Uh, wants to know if there's any updates on Greedy Williams. We didn't get that in today. Um, did he play in the Panthers game, or did he get hurt before? I think he got hurt before the Panthers game. Yeah. So he's missed his four games, so he is eligible. I did talk to him. I rode an elevator with him up one of the last, I think no, it was. No, no, uh, he rode an elevator with you, Fred. Well, something like that. Yep. I, anyway, I asked him if he's, if he's healing up, ready to go when, when his time's up, he says, for sure, for sure. So I, he didn't seem to even be, you know, limping or anything. So I would think that he would be eligible to come back this week, but, there was no mention today, you know, unless you bring it up 
the coach isn't going to bring it up, but he would have said, well, we'll see how, if we can get to Wednesday and then Wednesday, it'll be, well, I got to see him. See, we meet with Stefanski before practice Wednesday. So then things come up at practice that we can't mention to him because he doesn't speak Thursday. The next time is Friday. So it's very tough, but we'll talk to him before practice Wednesday and ask about greedy Williams. But I would expect him to be up this week. Okay. That would be a nice add just for depth purposes in the, in the defensive backfield. Uh, Cody, we'll send the next one to you way early in the show. Kevin Cycle, who's made some great sarcastic comments in the comments. Uh, a real question here. After four games, do you still feel that the overall team talent is as good as was advertised before the season? Overall, yes. But I think there's a few players that need to step it up. There's a couple in the secondary. I think that are some pretty big names. Uh, Denzel Ward stepped up and played finally to his capability yesterday after the first few weeks. Uh, I expect more out of the safeties. If, if there's any room that has underwhelmed me completely this season that I would say isn't as advertised is John Johnson and Grant Delpit at this point. Uh, neither has really made a play on the ball that I would expect. Uh, so those are the two guys. But I think overall the team talent is as good, and it's tough to judge. I mean, we keep going back to this, but they're – Probably the backup quarterback right now. So we, we want to get around 500, okay? And he's playing out of his mind for three games, but came back to life a bit yesterday. We're talking about that later. But I, I think overall the, the team talent is as, as advertised, yes. Yeah, I think and, – and you know what? I think it's – I think, you know, you don't think about it so much, but I think you you can't help. And as a fan, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to help, but – Every season's a new season. Every season, you want your team to be great. And so you can't help. Like, we know there's a backup quarterback <laughs> playing. We know that you've got this dude coming at week 11 and 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 should be the next five years worth or more, 10 years of the Brown starter. But it's hard to separate that, isn't it? It's hard to separate that and say, well, yeah, the team might struggle. It might be a 500 ball team because you don't have your starting quarterback until that guy gets back. That's a hard thing to separate because – the only thing I have to do is just sit week by week and watch the games. And I want them to win every game they play. And I want that backup quarterback to be as good as he was against the Steelers. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen all the time. So uh, how about this one from Scooter Damas? He generally likes Kevin Stefanski, which yeah, I think all of us do. Uh, is there, is there a killer instinct problem? Fred, do you think there's a do you think there's one of those we'll call it the Mamba mentality from basketball? Is there a killer instinct problem where this Browns team can dominate a team and make no mistake about it? They dominated the Jets and lost. They dominated the Atlanta Falcons for three. Uh, what they have the ball? They had the ball like three quarters of the you know, a whole amount of time through the first three quarters. They were dominating possession. They were not allowing defense to do anything, and then they coughed it up in the fourth. Is there like a is there a Mamba mentality problem with this team? Well, you know, I don't know what it is. I mean, football is a different sport. I mean, I, I coached high school baseball and, and, well, all three sports, but high school basketball did pretty well, took teams to the Final Four. I got one technical in, in my career. Yes. I was more like a Kevin Stefanski. I didn't, you know, I didn't get in anybody's face, but I got hot. But I never see that with him. It, it It's okay when they win, but when they lose, you just kind of wish he would get upset, you know, at something. And I don't know behind closed doors, but 
the players seem to have taken on his personality that they just seem to slough off things. And I don't know if it's, you kind of want to, you don't necessarily need him to grab him by a face mask in the old school, but, but bench a guy, you know, Hey, Miles, you know, you were reckless. You cost us a game because of your car wreck. You're sitting out next week, even though you're healthy or, or, you know, hey, you you that quit making the tack aren't making tackles, getting pushed all around. We're going with somebody else. Maybe they don't have anybody else. I would think you could find somebody that's hungry to to get out there. But yeah, I, I'm just I just do think that this whole front office is they talk big words and they say and they're very eloquent. All their answers, Andrew Barry, Paul, Depotesta, all of them. But, man, you kind of want some fire somewhere. Wouldn't somebody just say, I've had it, you know? And I don't know if that has to come from the ownership or where, but, um, you know, you don't see anybody getting benched. You don't get, see anybody getting fired. And that's three years now, the same mantra. It got away the first year. Oh, yeah, everything, this guy's great. Now it's kind of wearing thin. Cody, last last listener question. I'll send it to you. J.C. Sandman said it before. Man, he just gave up. He's just giving up. J.C. said, you're not giving up, and we appreciate you for that. Don't give up, J.C. Sandman. Be here with us. Monday nights on The Rewind. We celebrate. We cry. We have therapy. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> can't be a team that loses one or two players and the whole defense falls apart. Uh, there is there is certainly something to that, but, uh, like, is there something to it when it's Miles Garrett and Jadebian Clowney? Like, would yes. most de- defenses fall apart when you lost those two players? 100%. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the issue. It's not losing one or two players. It's one or two players that you lose. Most defenses, most offenses, <laughs> you lose one or two players. Aaron Rodgers goes down, you're screwed. Best player on your team. Season's <laughs> over, right? Miles Garrett goes down their defense, completely different defense. Jevin Clowney goes down defense, let alone both at the same time. Talking about a completely different defense. It, it, I get having depth, but these guys are second, third, fourth string for a reason. They're not built to play. They don't have the ability to play at the level of those two guys. So a drop-off is expected. Um, Steelers without TJ Watt, huge loss. The Rams yeah. lose Aaron Donald, huge loss. The Bills lose Vaughn Miller, huge loss. The defenses aren't going to perform to that same level. Great. I understand the question. Completely get it. But uh, and well, I don't think – It'd be the totally black. different if we were talking about losing Tommy Togiai and AJ Green. <laughs> like, and then Everything's the defense fell fun. apart. Oh, no. But yeah, yeah. when you lose Clowney. But you lost, for example, you lost Greedy Williams, and Martin Emerson's been perfectly fine. He's been great. Perfectly fine. For a third round think about rookie this. draft pick, perfectly fine. Think about this. Um, last year, everybody wanted Joe Woods fired about this time. They were giving up 47 points to Chargers. And, and I mean, they, they gave up. 35, 40 points, Cardinals, a lot of games early. And then the last 11 games, they came together and and played well. Um, The reason it's most disappointing is because they have the same guys back and you expected them. Last year, the excuse was they just didn't get all on the same page. So now they're on the same page other than these injuries, but they're, they're playing like they did at the beginning of last year. And some of that is, I almost feel like in training camp, they're almost like, Hey, we're big names. We've arrived. That was what I felt last year was going yeah. on after their big year in 20 in training camp here in Beckham and Landry, we're, we got super bowl aspirate. We're big time. 
and oh, you got to play, you know, you can't right? just say you're a good team. And, you know, that's a little bit, I feel like with the defense this year, it's more than just showing up. All right, we're going to move on to our next topic. Thank you for all the questions, all the interactivity in the comments. We love you guys. Uh, and and if we get to similar topics, we'll get to more later. Otherwise, you can always jump in. We're going to have question, questions and comments every Monday. Uh, a lot of people are talking about play calling in the comments. And that is our next topic, is the offensive side of the ball. And, and, and you know, I think it may be fi- time to, to maybe fairly criticize some of the play calling in this game. We do have a... We have a video we'll get to. Let's listen to the thoughts on Kevin Stefanski, on Jacoby Brissett, and then we'll uh, we'll get our thoughts here. I'm always trying to do what's best for the team, Tony. Um, so there's always opportunities to, to grow and get better as a coach, as a player, you name it. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to be results-based. I'm going to always fall back on you know our process and, and try to put our guys in position to succeed. That's really what we're trying to do. No, you... We, we, we respect Kev for get, giving us that trust in, in, uh, in this team. I mean, because uh, it's not just a, it's not just about the offense, it's about the defense and the special teams in, 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 that, in that sense. So, uh, hey, they, they trust us to go for it, and we just got to convert it, and, and, and we will. All right, first things first, I love Jacoby Brissett. I really do. I love that guy. Just accountability out the wazoo. And I do love Kevin, uh, Kevin Stefanski, and that's a real answer. I know nobody likes to hear it. I know people want to see him pound on the table. And I know, Fred, you talked about that. That's a real answer. I'm not going to – we made the decision we think was right, and it didn't execute. It is what it is. I love Jacoby Brissett, though. That, that, the way he responds and the way he just – he can just be here until he retires. I'd be happy with that. Uh, but, guys, listen, again, three trips to the red zone like you talked about, Cody, resulting in 10 points. Uh, uh, do you think – here's my thought. Do you think – Kevin Stefanski's system. Do you think he calls games a little too confidently knowing the situation that they're in right now? Backup quarterback, you're without Miles Garrett and Jadevian Clowney. Like this of all games seems like a game where you get points when you can get them, right? Am I missing something? Or like, it feels like he's running his system no matter what. But I also feel like there has to be a little bit of accountability. Like you're without some stud players out there on the field and you're in position to get points. <coughs> Go ahead and get the points. Am I missing something there? With the, if we talk about the field goal in the fourth quarter, the decision not to go for it, that's extremely close. So it's win probabilities, it's, it's success rates, and it's also taking into account the situation in the game overall. I like going for the fourth. I like going for it down that situation. I think it was a 0.1% different win probability between kicking the field goal and going for the touchdown. So it's very close in that situation. Not Not a huge call there, but... Some of that is just you talk about something with how he is an excellent play caller. He's been great up to this season. Yeah, he's been so probably good. at his best that he's been with the Browns. Every play caller has bad bad games. I don't care if you're Andy Reid, Sean McVay, Sean Payton, all these guys that you consider great offensive players, great defensive minds, great minds in general, great football minds. He's going to have a bad game every now and then. And I didn't consider yesterday that bad. I mean, some of the things you look at, they were like 0-5 or 0-6 for on street attempts. It was just they got too much pressure on Jacoby or somebody wasn't in the right spot or the ball got tipped or something. If you look on one of those red zone possessions we're talking about, Kareem Hunt was scoring that touchdown on that screen. It's just the ball couldn't get to him. Yeah, oh, my gosh. 
So it's 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 a combination of everything. It's a combination of he's of a couple missed calls by Stefanski, a couple where you the process was correct, but the results weren't as desired. So I think it was just a combination of a lot of things yesterday. He'll be the first to admit, as he has it, it wasn't his best game that he's done. Yeah. But let's not go so far as to call the tell the guy to get rid of his play calling duties when he's done an incredible job thus far this season. Yeah. Fred, how did you like the uh, reverse to David Njoku? <laughs> Well, that one, I mean, a 246-pound tight end, I don't know if that's your best. I actually thought he was going to throw the ball the way he was kind of hesitant. I still think he was going to. I've watched that. It kind of looks like he was going to. I might be wrong. (laughs) But, you know, they do sometimes seem to get a little cute when things are working well. You know, like you saw the Falcons, they just said, you know, we're running it right through the four hole or the six hole and just again and again and again, Browns will go, you know, bang, 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 and then do a reverse or, or some gadget play. So <clears throat> yeah, I don't have as big a problem. I just, I've always been on the, the chub, you know, you know, get him down there. I don't know. I haven't charted it, but how many times against the Steelers, that on the first carry he got one yard it was second and nine and then he got like six yeah they had third and three and they threw it you know down there in the goal line it just you just because he didn't get in on the first time i i like the chances with three more cracks from the one you get the holding on the pass play and that wipes that one out so yeah yeah i'm perfectly uh, fine I would have no qualms with giving the ball to Nick Chubb four times on the, on the one yard line, first and one, second and one, third and one, fourth and one. If he doesn't get it, kudos to that defense because That's exactly you just how stopped a soldier of a guy. Or hell, even give Jacoby a sneak. We've seen how amazing he's been on keeping Ama- sneaks he's this per- season. I think he's perfect so far. On the season. I don't think he's failed at a sneak yet this season. You're right there. Okay, but again, it's culmination of a, of a lot of things. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Fred. I, I apologize. No, it's all right. It's, it's time co- for us to go on to the next one anyway. Culmination do, of a lot of things. I'm going to call out Manimal here because he gives credit for Stefanski's first three games, but he said he stunk worse than a skunk. Uh, Manimal, you've you've used that now like three or four times in the comments. Worse than a skunk. Uh, stunk worse than a skunk. Okay. The, you are beyond your skunk limit. Okay. You've hit the skunk quota, and we are skunked out on that. Okay. Uh, let's talk about... Let's talk about Jacoby Brissett for a minute because he did. Cody, you talked about it. He came back to earth a little bit in this, uh, in this, in this game, and uh, you know he didn't have a great game week one, but he talked about the emotion of it. But the emotion's not there anymore. Now it's just going out and playing football. And Jacoby missed some throws. We talk about late in the game. Uh, that missed throw he had to Harrison Bryant that would have converted a first down. That that almost certainly would have led to the Browns going down and scoring some points and probably putting this game away. Just totally missing. I think about the throw he made downfield to David uh, or to Donovan Peoples-Jones where he had Donovan Peoples-Jones wide open on a streak down the field and he threw the ball out of bounds. Peoples-Jones caught it out of bounds. Uh, is this, Fred, is this just, are the expectation when you watch a guy like, like Jacoby Brissett play the way he's played against the Steelers, play against, he played, play like he played against the Jets, you get your expectations up like this guy can really do this, but should the expectations not be this is a backup quarterback. So he's going to have some, he's going to have some ones where he looks pretty good and he's going to have some ones where he misses some throws like he did in this game. Well, if he plays like he has in these four games for the next seven or whatever, he's going to 
go somewhere and be a starting quarterback next year. He's ranked ninth right now in the NFL in starting quarterbacks. And I was wrong about him, at least so far. I thought they would have been better off keeping Mayfield until Watson came back. But Mayfield in that system is playing terrible. Every time I <laughs> saw him throw yesterday, they batted. It looked like last year against the Cardinals. I saw balls being batted all over the field. You know, I don't know how many there were. Somebody said nine. I don't <laughs> but No, I I'm think like, that was his season total. Okay. It was four. Yeah, he had four for sure. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it looked like re- deja vu all over again with J.J. Watt, you know batted it up, intercepted, but anyway, you know, as far as Brissett, you know, he, he's done fine. It is just a little frustrating. It's almost like he tenses up when I, when he, when Cooper broke a wide open, when the defender fell down against the Panthers, he threw it, you know, over him and the same thing to hunt against the Panthers. And then we saw it the other day. That was a great play. There was nobody near Peoples-Jones. All they had to do was get it somewhere near him, and he threw it out of bounds. So that that I guess that's to be expected. Um, but I'd take the way he's playing. He's definitely not been the reason they've lost. The reason they've been losing is I continue to maintain the defense. I, mean, I, have two, there's, I think there's two throws he really wants back from yesterday. Fourth down. And two, he throws it out of the back of the end zone. Okay, you're going to lose the ball no matter what. You, you yeah, throw why an interception do you do if that? you want to, man. Throw an interception if you want. Keep the ball in play. Just fry filled in it or somebody. And the third down game ending interception. You only need a field goal here, man. You don't need the 26 or whatever yards you needed right there on that third down. You need to fire it all the way down. Hit somebody at 10 yards, get a little yak, and then you're back. And Keg York's field range, field goal range. Like those were the two plays that really stood out to me yesterday, outside of the complete failure in the screen game. But yeah, I mean the deep ball to DPJ in the sun was just incredible. Uh, that was that was probably his best throw of the season, one of his best throws in the season, in my opinion. But I did like seeing Stefanski throw the ball downfield a little bit more with him yesterday. Uh, yeah, Fred, I think you got something else. The explanation on the fourth down throw. Brissett came to the sideline and told him that it, that he it just slipped out of his hand. It got uh-huh. away from him. Gotcha. Listen, it gotcha. happened. That makes it. That makes makes sense. Because it seems like a question, genuine I guy. Think, I think the genuine. Browns. Cody, I think the Browns lead the league in, for the past <coughs> I don't know twenty years in deep passes completed to somebody down the field, caught at the two yard line, and down there. So, I, mean, I, I, I remember Beckham. Get Beckham into the end zone. I was at the game with Beckham when he got down at the one. I don't remember if they score on that or not. But, I mean, I'm you get the ball down at the one, you got to get the ball in the end zone. Just reach the ball over. Stand up and push it over. And, no, and I'm not – I'm giving no, – no, I'm not bashing on DPJ there. He made a hell of a catch. But I, I'm just saying it's like a, an epidemic for the Browns. They throw those deep passes, and guys catch them at, like, the five and fall at the two. I don't – all the time. It happens all the time. Just one inch to the right there, and he catches it and runs into the end zone. <laughs> it's killing me. I do like this comment from uh, J.C. Sandman. Again, 14-year-old said, son said uh, the offensive game plan should be run for six yards with Nick Chubb, sneak it on second and four, <laughs> third and two, sneak it two more times with Brissett, rinse and repeat. I, you can't go wrong there, right? Like, that's automatic offense. That is Madden style. Uh, all right, boys, let's go to our next topic. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, now the party begins, right? The banged up team that we all kind of felt a little more confident about uh, uh, last week, 
hearing about how banged up they were didn't look so banged up last week. Uh, Herbert, Eckler, Mike Williams, and crew looked pretty good scoring a whole bunch of points against the Houston Texans. Uh, so when you think of how this Browns deep, Fred, you brought it up, so I'll let you start us off. When you think of how, how the Browns defense has looked this year, how terrified should I be? Well, that's the thing. Last year, this is where they really got lit up. They couldn't get off the field, if you remember. I mean, there was a terrible pass interference penalty on A.J. Green, they called, when Mike Williams actually interfered with him on fourth down. But they still, Herbert ran the ball like crazy against him last year, and I don't know if he will, you know, with his ribs. I actually was thinking that by playing, he might be, you know, agitating it more, but evidently he's getting getting worked out. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it's gonna they're gonna have their hands full. Um the defense hasn't been playing well, but this is one of those things where I remember last year they were you know they went down to the Bengals and played their best game all the way around um on defense yep. and, and just where did that come from? They just shut down Joe Burrow and and Baker lit him up and who knows, you know, this, but I think the defense is going to have to hold the chargers, you know, in the twenties to have a chance. So, but everything, Cody, everything about this game, it it, it frightens me based on what I've seen. How many times have we seen a team playing the Browns so far this year, hit a little pass swing pass out to a running back that just doesn't have anybody within like 50 yards of him. And he take, we saw it yesterday, takes it down the sideline. Uh, You've got the deep threat in Mike Williams and 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 a deep-throwing quarterback in Herbert. You've got a, a guy that's kind of finding new life in Gerald Everett at the tight end position. Uh, the, they seem to hit on all these areas that are just absolutely frightening and absolute failure so far uh, for the Browns defensively. What can the game plan be to fix that? Well, I just want to say it's not a good matchup. Just like you said, if you Justin <laughs> Herbert – Leads the league in, in deep passing yards, uh, throws that are 20 plus yards downfield with, with 330. And he's also third in completion percentage on those passes. So, like you said, that's something that has been detrimental to the Browns this year. And then you need, I look at those safeties. If you're playing too high safeties, you need those guys to perform. Johnson and Delpit, you guys got to perform. You need more to be tight in coverage. You need Emerson to be tight in coverage because they might. I don't know what Keenan Allen's status is. You throw Keenan Allen in the mix, all of a sudden you got Williams, Eckler. And Allen and Gerald Everett, I believe, is their tight end, if I remember correctly yep. off the top of my head. So you have a – I literally a, just said that. It wasn't off no, the top you, of No, you didn't. Literally no. Moments ago I said that. Nope. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I'm going to throw the red flag. 50, Listen, 50% right off the top chance. of my head from what <laughs> okay, you said Fred, 50 seconds ago. Fred's an onion, honest, genuine person. I'll accept it now. I accept <laughs> defeat. You said Gerald Everett. And I don't know if he's related to Jim Everett. I have no idea. Chris Everett, I have no idea. Maybe he is. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, way off Listen, top. you're going to get Jim Rome in trouble again. It's, it's right. <laughs> but if we go to um, – it's just not a good matchup offensively. But defensively, we could have a similar game that we had last year, which is an absolute shootout. Up and down the field, yeah. back and forth, back and forth. I don't expect the Browns to eclipse that 30-point mark this week. They're probably going to need to to stay in the game because you, you figure – that Herbert and the team puts up above 30, 35, 38 points. But it's like Fred said, and we've seen it every week this year, any team could beat any other team in the NFL, except for maybe the Chiefs. I think they might be in a category of their own right now when they're at, well, bring it full force. 
But anybody else, the Browns could beat anybody. The Browns could lose to anybody right now. Yeah. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah. Fred, OG <laughs> Philly brought this up. It said this game's going to be all about the secondary. This is this is a Chargers offense that is built and predicated upon the big play, right? Like, if you're going to tell me you're just going to do straight handoffs to Austin Eckler like we do with Nick Chubb, I'll, I'll buy into that all day as a Browns defender because that's what I want to see. What, I, what you fear is getting Austin Eckler out in the passing game. What you fear is those deep threats from a guy like Mike Williams, right? So I, how do you feel about what OG Philly said? This is all about the secondary. This has to be the game, right? Where where Denzel Ward steps up and, and is the $100 million cornerback. And those those safeties come up and make the plays that they're supposed to make. This has to be their game, right? Yeah, it does. And, and that's where, you know, the turnovers, again, it's they only got one yesterday and they got points off it, but they didn't get a touchdown. But that's where you got to create some turnovers, you know, you have nightmares. Remember Mike Williams last year, what do you have? 200 yards or more than at 280. He, he was, he, I think he was the, the two deep blown coverages, you know, when he's just running wild down the field and, and it was just a nightmare all the way around. So hopefully they'll look at that over and over and over and they'll, they'll overcorrect, you know, and like you said, you got greedy Williams coming back. He could give a little shot to give a blow to, some of the guys to have more depth, but I would think Garrett and Clowney should be back. And if Bose, you know, Bose is out. So if you can just kind of, you're not going to shut them yeah. down, but if you could contain them and keep them under 30, I think you have a chance. Well, let's go to that. Let's go to our next <laughs> topic. We got two more topics left. Let's go to the la- the second to last topic because on the other side, Man, the Chargers defense came in with big time hope. You've got some of the, you've got a big time cornerback there. You've got Joe, or yeah, Joey Bosa. I always forget which which Bosa is where. The Bosas are everywhere. You brought in Khalil Mack. You, I mean, you you brought in. They brought in some players on this defense, but their defense hasn't been anywhere near as impressive as people thought they would be. For example, take yesterday, twenty four points to the Houston Texans. Davis Mills two touchdown passes. How about? Uh, Damian Pierce ran for 131 yards on them and only 14 carries. If there's one thing the Browns fans offensively should be looking at here, guys, saying this gives us hope, Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce. 131 yards on 14 carries. Yeah, if, I if, mean, if that's, that's where... the run defense for the Chargers, this, 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 these Browns running backs better have a field day. Well, they ought to, you know, and we, we've seen that overcorrect again, but I just think the Browns need to impose their will on the offensive side of it and, and control the ball and try to keep Herbert off the field as much as you can. And they, they had a good, they did a good job controlling Mariota. He had five carries for three yards yesterday. And that's who I, one of the ones I was worried about the most. I was expecting him to run quite a bit yesterday and be successful. So Herbert did that and hurt him last year on fourth down plays, scrambling. <clears throat> so we'll see. But, yeah, I think you go into these things, anybody can win. It's just not – you're just going to have to play well. It reminds me of former Cleveland Cavalier Cody, Sasha Pavlovich, who once very famously said, my offense is my defense, Here which doesn't go. work so well in basketball. But <laughs> – it can work in this game, right? It can work in this game. Well, yeah, with what we saw yesterday, 
At one point, the Browns had it was twenty and change to nine and change in time of possession. I remember walking watching that game. Like I don't remember the last time I saw the Falcons on offense. It was just that's what you need to do in this game. But the problem was that the time of possession is working incredibly in your favor, but you have to score touchdowns. You have to, especially in a game like this. You you can have successful drive or a, a successful drive conversions, meaning the number of times that you're converting a set of downs into a new set of downs. That's fine. Getting first downs is great. The team has showed no trouble this season getting first downs. But you have to score touchdowns in this game, and that's what they need to do. They need to control the time of possession and, and control the ground against the Chargers defense that has allowed the fifth highest EPA per carry this, this season. So it's there for the taking. Uh, just got to capitalize on it. Guys, I'm going to get OG Philly up here one more time, but I want to know if either one of you know this off the top of your head because I feel like it's a myth. Uh, at home, West Coast coming to East Coast, lots of things in our favor. I am pretty sure, especially one o'clock games, West Coast teams do way better than people talk about coming East. Do, do either one of you guys, do either one of you remember reading that or am I just making that up? But I like, I am pretty sure West Coast teams coming to East are way better than what people say. I don't know the numbers on it. I just remember a few years ago when Phillip Rivers and the San Diego Chargers came, they they didn't even look like they wanted to be here, and the Browns just had their way with them. Um, <clears throat> but then there's been other times that was who they beat for their one win in the in the one in 15 year. <laughs> um, so it just seems like then then you Jimmy get the Meter, other. Baby. You just you just gotta you just not. Got to get ahead and try to take advantage and, and put the game away and not let up before they wake up. I do think the time change, you know, they're playing at 9, 10 in the morning their time and and that there's a little jet lag and so forth. So I think that it would – I think that's a little more of a factor, but I'm sure that the stats would prove out that it isn't that big of a deal. Uh, we're not going to let this go. You're not going to just come into the comments, Carolina Fight Club. You're just not going to come into the comments on my show. You're not just coming into the comments on oh, my Jesus. show and say after that Panthers game, the Browns are lucky not to be one and three when every one of Baker Mayfield's passes has a handprint on it from the defensive lineman he just threw it directly at. You're not coming onto my show and doing that. So, no. How's your quarterback's 22 QBR on the season? You know who ranks dead last in EPA per play, success rate, and CPOE? Baker Mayfield. And you know who's right behind him? Also Baker Mayfield. He's last and <laughs> and laster. You're not coming in here doing that. Lastest. You're not doing that. He's lastest. He's the lastest. You know, in the comments, have your way in the comments with Carolina Fight Club here. We like that you joined in, but you're not getting away with that. There's no chance. That's why the Browns Talking paid trash. him $10 million to go away. <laughs> Talking trash in the comments when That's you right. lost exactly. to the Browns. Yeah. Yeah, your comment got batted away like a Baker Mayfield pass. Uh, all right, last, last topic of the day. Uh, Listen, it does seem like this. It seems like the Browns are going to be a team this year. And 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 Fred, you've astutely pointed this out. Uh, it seems like a team this year that you're just not sure what you're going to get. Because I also feel like this is a Browns team with the talent that they have. They very much feel like, and it's very frustrating as a fan, a team that's going to play up to their competition when they play good teams and a team that's going to play down to their competition when they don't play such good teams. And that's panned out so far because they played four not very good teams. And they have played down really to all four teams. They've beat two of them and they've lost to two of them. Uh, so you've got to think, Fred, 
when you look at these next few games, when you look at the, the Patriots and the Chargers and the Bills and all the teams that they've got coming up over the next, I don't know, six, seven weeks, whatever it is, uh, there's got to be teams in there that you're going, all right, but that that right there is winnable, right? This, t- this team feels like a team that can play up to better competition, right? Yeah, I, I really do think that they're going to win games you didn't think they're going to win. And they're going to lose games that you thought they'd win. It's just that's what they seem to do. But that's where it gives me hope that they could split these next four games. And again, to me, this is all about staying in contention in the AFC North. You're 1-0 in the division. You have five more. And those are more. If they were to go 2-2, two and two, I would rather them beat the Bengals and the Ravens, you know, than the Patriots and the Chargers. And, you know, and you'd be 3-0 and in the division with Watson coming back to play the other three division games, because I think you can still win the division at nine and eight, uh, maybe 10 and seven this year, because everybody's kind of bundled up in there. So I just think that, you know, yeah, they can, they're going to win a game or two that you don't think they should have won. Cody, do you agree with that? Do you see a play up with this team? I know we've watched them play down a little bit. Do you see a play up with this team as possible? I th- I think so. It's going to sound weird, but even as a fan, I think you get more amped up when you play a better team or a divisional team, especially divisional teams. I think even as a player, I don't know the right way to say it's not coming off odd, but as a player, I think you get more fired up for playing the Steelers than you do the Falcons or playing the Ravens than you do the the Jets. I think you get, you, it's just an innate natural thing, I think, to want to beat the teams that you play the most and the teams that you dislike the most and the teams that are in your division. So I think we will see, just like Fred said, some playing up and some playing down uh, all season long. Most teams do it. Most NFL teams do. You see it every week. Some teams just underperform significantly or they overperform significantly. Uh, But if they can go in to that stadium this week and take away a a game from the Chargers, I mean, that that would be humongous. We're all confidence for the season, everything. I think a lot of people had the Browns when they played their own little version of the schedule game before the year at three and two after the first five, because I think they all had the Browns going three and one through the first four and then boom, lost week five. Uh, But that, that is the point of all this. And that's, that's where uh, wrapping it all up as far as Browns therapy is concerned. And as as far as getting over just an atrocious loss to the Atlanta Falcons, that's where it's all got to come in, right? You do not know what's going to happen. Fred, you and I talked about it off camera or on camera, but off off the live before this started. Watching high school football is one thing. Knowing that, I don't know, whoever St. Ed's here in Cleveland plays next, they're probably going to beat because they're probably going to win another state championship this year. Knowing when you've got a high school football team, you know who's going to win the game because the better team always wins the game. It's not how it is in the NFL. And you want to always be the better team, but the better team doesn't always win. Everybody on the planet, until Deshaun Watson gets back, would pick the the Chargers over the Cleveland Browns. But nobody on the planet knows whether the Chargers are going to beat the Cleveland Browns or not. Because in the in the end, these are all NFL players. Are we? Have you heard anything, uh, Fred? Before we get out of here, have you heard anything about the availability of some of the guys that missed last week? Is is Miles Garrett a guy that looks like he may be on track to come back, or is Clowney? I know you've talked about him, but he's, does he look like he's on track to come back? Yeah, Garrett sounded like he thought he he wanted to play last week. So this two to four week thing 
Stefanski wouldn't really go there, but I think we'll have a better idea, you know, on Wednesday. They're not going to really tell us anything. I think that I I would expect Clowney to be ready for this game and Garrett. <clears throat> and I don't think Brian will. I, that just seems like the hamstring. It's one of those longer ones. I think Greedy Williams should be set to come back. So I I, I think there'll be some roster additions, you know, for this week's game. But, um, you know, if they know where they're at, they know that they have to win some games. And I think that, you know, I, I don't know. You held them out of the Falcons game thinking this stretch, you know, is is where it's at. So I would expect, but there's been nothing official from the team. Got it. All right, Cody, you got like 30 seconds. What's your what's your best positivity pitch for the Cleveland Browns right now? Positivity. You're selling the Cleveland Browns. Positivity pitch. Do it. You're getting back one of the best players in football this week. You're getting back another edge rusher. You have a quarterback to Cody Brissett playing out of his mind into a quarterback-friendly uh, scheme. One of the best head coach the team has had in 30 years. Best play caller the team has had in 30 years. They're going to be fine. <laughs> what time to spare? What time to spare? Uh, you know what? Yeah. Uh, you know what? The bottom line is, and I will always go back to this forever. Uh, we all remember the days where you couldn't watch the Cleveland Browns back in the 1990s. So we're here. So be optimistic about it. Let's beat the Chargers and let's do Monday Rewind next week after a win that nobody thought they were going to get. Let's beat the Chargers. Let's come back. Let's get a little positivity and we'll do that. In the meantime, that's empty. So I got to go. I've got to get out of here. Again, thank you to everybody that jumped in on the comments. We appreciate everything. Uh, love what you guys do. Love you for joining us. We had a great time with you tonight. And thanks for really being a part of the show. You guys make the show what it is. So we appreciate you for that. Make sure you are tuned in. Subscribe to the OBR's website for Ask the Insiders, Rumor Central, the buzz, everything going on on uh, the OBR's website. It is a great time over there. Make sure you are tuned into that. And again, make sure you are tuned into everything going on on the OBR streaming network, whether it's my show Garage Beers next or tomorrow, not next week. It's tomorrow. Uh, uh, if you want to come, just crack some beers and talk sports. We're going to talk Guardians and Cavs and Browns and all that stuff. So make sure you jump in on Garage Beers. Uh, if it's Fred and Barry on Wednesdays, always a good time. If it's the Thursday preview show, and if it's our pre and post game stuff we got going on on Sundays, nobody covers the Browns like the OBR. <laughs> so make sure you are tuned in to all of it. That's going to do it for us. So for Fred Greetham, the legend at Fred Greetham 9 on Twitter for Cody Sook, not Suck, but Sook at Cody S U C K on Twitter. Oh, sorry, S U E K on Twitter. Uh, I'm Michael Keefe at Garage Piers. Make Mike, make sure you are following the show at the or at the OBR uh, all over Twitter, all over social media. Had a great time with you. We'll catch you next Monday for the rewind. Cheers, everybody. Thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.